you're listening to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you conversations for the health of all things. In these special episodes, I am joined by guests on the show to explore how the osteopathic concept presents in their lives and learn about their personal and professional stories. Ranging from osteopathic physicians to those familiar with osteopathic treatment to those associated with osteopathic medicine in a variety of settings, these conversations provide new perspective on lighting the way for the path to best health. Please note that while I am a physician and may interview other physicians, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Welcome back to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey, and we are here with an episode of Conversations for the Health of All Things. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Chinedu Tracy Onyenekwe. She is a family physician in Houston, and she's founded Money Mastery for Women Physicians, where she helps women physicians who are overwhelmed with their money get in control so they can be financially savvy and earn financial freedom. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's exciting. I look forward to hearing your story. So tell us how it is you got into medicine. So I got into medicine ever since I was in high school. Um, I actually immigrated from Nigeria and we were in South Texas. Um, So my high school there was kind of health, um, kind of geared towards health. Mm -hmm. So I was always interested in in the health field. So um, after going through that magnet school, Geared more for people interested in health. I went up to UT Austin, um, was a major in pre-med, biology, human biology, and um, went up to uh, Galveston mm-hmm. for my uh, medical school, and then to Austin for my residency, family residency. So it was, I've just been riding on that medicine path ever since yeah. I school. Yeah. And has it felt like you've continued to choose that path or has it felt like you have had it paved out for you kind of predetermined since that time? So um, I love medicine and I still love it. Um, it has changed um, in terms of what I thought it would be um, with the whole system. And um, but in terms of the whole the core of medicine, itself, I love getting to know my patients, um, getting to talk to my patients, getting to help them. Most of them are very appreciative of what I do. So Mm -hmm. that part still drives me um, to still continue to be in medicine. But the more I work and the more my personal life has evolved and changed, I realized that, okay, um, there has to be a different way Mm -hmm. where I could still do what I love, but still have the life that I want. Yeah. Um, so that kind of drew me in into started to explore different things. I was never a business kind of person. I always thought I'll just work, do my <laughs> time eight to five and come back home. Um, but as you grow up, you know, your perspective, you know, start to change your life events happens to you, influences you. So I had to adjust and change. Yeah. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about what were those things that didn't match? Because that comes up so often for physicians in the practice of medicine, that sense of, wait a minute, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what people told me. This is not how medicine is supposed to look. What are some of those mismatches that you have found in your practice? So I think for me, it was more of my personal relationship. Uh, like I said, medicine was going fine. My work is fairly straightforward. Um, but I have four kids. I'm married. I have four kids. Um, wonderful kids. Um, but as time started going through, I started to have a lot of relationship problems with my husband. And he was always the one that managed the finances. I just kind of was out of sight, out of mind. Uh, I mean, I kind of interested in it, you know, read some books, some blogs, but mostly he did all the stuff. So, but once our relationship started to turn differently, uh, I was suddenly left with the fact that, okay, now you have to, you're earning this money, you have to know how to manage it. Mm-hmm. So that caught me by surprise. That caught me stressed. I was like, I have kids, I'm working. When am I going to have time to learn all this stuff? Um, but it's just something that I, I knew I had to do. Mm-hmm. So that got me interested in, in money, um, learning more about, okay, do you know what you're spending? Do you know why you're spending it? Um, just learning the whole basics of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but with time, what I found out that the knowledge is out there, but I still felt stuck. Like I still felt that um, I wasn't, I knew what I needed to do, you know, like to say to to manage money is you spend less, you save more, you invest. So mm-hmm. all those stuff I kind of knew, but I was still not doing what I knew I should do. I was, mm-hmm. it was like, I was getting on my, on my own way. Mm-hmm. So, um, and through all this process with my relationship problem, I found coaching, which has been life-changing. I think that was one of the, the eye-opening that I'm like, wait. There, there, there's more to life. There's, you know, this whole, I'm responsible for my, kind of for my life. You know, I can't mm-hmm. be blaming my husband. I can't be blaming my work. I can't be like, I can take control over this. So that whole mindset shift um, was like a light bulb for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got certified to be a, a life coach. And then as I got more interested in the money coach, um, I decided to, to also get certified uh, as a money coach. So hopefully by this time, next month, I'll complete that certification. So, uh, so yeah, so my personal life, personal family, personal kind of marriage challenges was what drove me to really uh, take this more serious and take it to a next level. Yeah, I love that. And the question you posed earlier on too, not only what are you spending or how much are you spending, but why are you spending it? And like you said, we know what we should do (laughs) when we don't do it. Answering that why is often the in-between. How are you navigating that for yourself and for those with whom you're working? Right. So um, what I focus on more, because um, a lot of this is my experience, you know, so Mm -hmm. I want to attract uh, positions that have, I'm maybe kind of walking through, you know, what I'm, I've worked through or still kind of dealing with um, and just share my experience and uh, 
tell them that, okay, avoiding money, um, sometimes we like to take the easy route or we think it's the easy route. So it's like, you know, my husband can handle it. My family can, you know, we avoid it. We think, we think that there's someone else out there that can do it much better for us. Mm -hmm. um, but, but at the same time, we know that there's financial issues that are going on. Right. So we, we know that it's causing us stress. It's causing us sleepless nights. It's causing us to have to work more. It's causing us to feel like, um, I have to work, work, work. Um, and we're in an environment of work that we don't really like. There's all this talk about physician burnout. So it leads a lot of stuff, but like I said, we know what to do. We know we need to spend less. We need to, um, say we need to invest, but oh no, I don't have to do it. Someone else can do it. So I work with clients that really want to find out why they know what to do, but they're not doing it. Mm -hmm. okay. um, there's a lot of education there that they can sign up for courses they can do, but they've either have done it before or, and it hasn't led to any action or any results. So what my job, what I help physicians do is to get into the underlying cause of that. What's the root causes? There's different um, patterns that uh, people have. There's different kind of different mindsets, different habits. Um, so we, we really dig deep, dive deep into, into that aspect and find out, okay, why am I not doing what I know I should do? What's, mm -hmm. What kind of past experiences, what kind of past relationship, what kind of, um, you know, uh, experiences in the past that I'm unconsciously still, um, still driving me, you know, mm -hmm. like we make all this money, but it, the money is controlling us. And it's funny to say like that you're avoiding money. Um, but when you know you're in a financial difficulty, but you still avoid money, there's a disconnect there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we feel like, well, I, it's too complicated. Again, that's, the, that's all that there's a, it's a mindset problem. It's, a, it's kind of like a limiting, you know, belief. So mm -hmm. we get past not just naming the, the, the limiting uh, belief, but why do you even have that limiting belief in the first place? Yeah. And what would you say is that first step out of it? Because avoidance is where so many spend their time. You know, so how do you help people take that first look, right? Which can be scary or overwhelming. How do you help them take that first glance when they're ready to stop avoiding? Right. So that's a good question. And I think the first thing is being aware of it because a lot of the avoidance is done unconsciously. They just do excuses. Oh, my husband is handling it. But, um, or, uh, no, I, I, I think I, I have it together, but you still stress about money. Um, so the first thing is being aware of it that, okay, let me own it. This is, you know, yes, um, I know I've been avoiding money and I'm willing to find out why. So having that autonomy to, um, to stand up and say, okay, yes, there's a problem here. So acknowledging that there is a problem. And then once that's done, then the next thing is to kind of step back again. So like step back in history. What, how has my life 
been in terms of from my childhood, from my family? What patterns, what uh, experiences have I seen other people around me that might have influenced me mm -hmm. um, to have this avoidance issue, to have this kind of, kind of rejection of money? Um, so we, we, we try to develop some sort of underlying pattern Right. It's not that once you know the problem, um, it will eventually just disappear. The pro you have those problems reoccur because it's a pattern that you've had all through your life. So it's mm -hmm. going to follow you again as you as you again in, in the future. So being aware of it, being consciously aware of it is um, it's a huge, huge, huge kind of improvement. Um, because now it's not scary. It's not something that is unconscious. It's something that you're aware of it. And when you're aware of something, you are more likely to take conscious actions. Yeah. And I love what you're saying here because you mentioned there's that temptation to blame my other circumstances, other people, but you're also not ignoring the influence of life experience and relationships in those circumstances. So you're bringing them together and making them known and then, like you said, taking the challenge yourself of what can I change to make right. this better? How do you walk people through that? Because there's often that sense of either victimhood or that they can't change these other people or if only they would shift, they could do it better. How do you walk that line of sharing that it's actually a great thing, right? That they're the one that gets to change because they're totally in control of that. I'm curious mm -hmm. how that comes up for you with your clients. Yeah, so it and it's all about sharing my own experience. Like, you know, walk an example like this is where I was, this is where I am now, and this is what I'm heading towards. Um, and at the end, you know, we can there's a saying in my culture that you can um lead a horse to the well, but you can't force the horse to drink from the well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we we, it's so much sweeter when we initiate the change, when we really want to change. So um, showing people this is what's possible. This is how your life can change. Now it's in your hands. Um, are you willing to step out of your comfort zone? Because that's part of what we're scared of. We're, you know, we're in this, this is what I'm used to. This is my life. Uh, I I'm used to this. I don't want to try anything new. And sometimes that's part of what's holding us back. Mm -hmm. So um, I like, I prefer clients to see what's going on and then decide, okay, you know what? I think I'm ready for this. Because that's mm -hmm. how much more, um, you will be much more successful in your change when you are doing it from a, a a sense of self-motivation, like this is what I want. I'm ready to, to see what's out there. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I'm curious too, you mentioned where you were and where you are now. What are some of the most marked changes you're noticing for yourself doing this work, getting coached, becoming a coach and mm -hmm. coaching clients? Oh, I think it's just having a, a, a different view of life um, because I was so much before focused on problem, like, oh, here's another problem. Oh, this, I can't do this. 
and it stresses it was it, it used to stress me out oh i have this family problem i have this marriage problem and what are people going to think and you just i just got myself so worked up rather than focusing on what am i contributing to the problem what can i change like i don't have to wait for other people to change to fix the problem what is in my power and what it's not and being okay with things that i have no control so mm-hmm. that mindset shift um and being okay and also knowing my own background my own pattern my own childhood how my family kind of expensive their financial situation influenced me having all that knowledge to to know that okay nobody's perfect we all have our struggles our challenges but if we dwell on the problem we will never get anywhere mm-hmm. so we we take we at least for me now i look at life as okay um things can always get better mm-hmm. this might get bad but i can figure it out like having it's not just a positive attitude because having a positive attitude is good um but it's consciously living like knowing that i really strongly believe that things can get better and mm-hmm. um i have that control i have that power yeah and i hear in there too one of the core osteopathic principles of finding the health not just disease right so we acknowledge challenges right people are doing financial assessments and seeing the difficulties doing those diagnostics and right looking for the opportunity you know and even that question and that one maybe we sit with for a minute how am i contributing to this that's a hard question to ask mm-hmm. when it seems very clear that it's all on the other person <laughs> and what have you found to be the most effective way kind of to look at that to be willing to answer that question i think it you know being honest to yourself um you're not and and asking yourself am i trying to prove something to other people or am i trying to really solve you know the situation mm-hmm. um and once we kind of get out of ourselves and at the first first sense being honest to ourselves okay this is what's going on this is how i may have contributed to the problem the other person has their issues too but i cannot change them the only person that i can change is myself mm-hmm. um so i think that's the first step um and uh, and just owning to that part but at the same time not beating yourself down okay mm-hmm. so you made the mistake you realized it you pick up and you say okay you know what i've learned from this i'm going to move on Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that at least for women we feel a lot of guilt we feel a lot of shame or I should have known better I could have I should have all those should could all the stuff are holding us back they're holding us down um so it's much stronger when you realize okay this is the mistake I've made now what okay mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do to change it this is I'm going to get out of my comfort zone I'm going to seek coaching I'm going to seek help if I feel I need that um but not sitting on that guilt and shame mm-hmm. absolutely and action items that people can take and it's different for every person what would you say are some of those early steps if you're 
like you said, just building awareness of it, or you've gained the awareness and you're ready to move forward, what should people do? Well, you should in a good way here. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, you know, the first thing in terms of our, our finances is a lot of people, you know, we're kind of talking about avoidance, being avoiding money, uh, being in denial of money. So that awareness is good. And then the next thing is seeking help. Okay. So if you feel, okay, I think, you know what, I think I might have been avoiding money. I think maybe I'm confused about money. Um, there's courses, there's different courses online. There's coaches, there's, you know, seminars, um, all those you can sign up. But some people still need their handheld in terms of they need to be in a group. They need to be with somebody that have kind of walked through that and who can tell them and direct them. And that's where I feel coaching is, I mean, just kind of does that job. Okay. So, mm -hmm. and that's one thing I love about coaching is that coaching is not forcing you to do something. Coaching, money coaching is I'm not going to tell you to do something, but um, my, uh, uh, my instructor, my money coach, I like the analogy that she used, um, Deborah Price. She founded the, the school that I'm currently going through, the Money Institute mm -hmm. of Coaching. hope I got that right. Um, <laughs> but she acknowledges like being in, in a car. Okay, So the client is the driver and the coach is at the, is at the passenger seat, just kind of shining the light or... Mm -hmm. um, kind of directing, okay, there's a pothole there. Do you think you want to avoid it? So we're there to guide you. You, mm -hmm. you have the dream. You have the drive. You know what you want. Um, mm -hmm. But so many of us have, as women, physician, again, we're in denial, we're in avoidance, um, and we confuse. We kind of bury our head under the sand, like, oh, da, 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 I don't know. I'm not sure what all this money thing is. So that's what a money coach can help you. That you mm -hmm. make sure that you know your numbers. Um, and, but that's after working the whole, why are you even avoiding it in the first place? Because um, if not, the problem will resurface and you don't know. Okay, mm -hmm. so maybe you've, um, you've spent less, now you spend less than you, you, um, you earn, maybe you paid off your student loan. That's another big thing. Uh, and now you're investing and you're hit with the same problem as I shouldn't, I, I don't want to invest. This is the, so, I mean, the problem will manifest in a different way throughout the journey. So mm -hmm. um, learning firsthand before you get into that deep of money management, why am I, what's blocking me? What's stopping me? Um, finding that root cause um, I think will help you uh, to achieve your kind of financial freedom, what wealth looks like. It's not only, a, it's not just about money, um, but it will, it will really change the way you look at money, the way you view money. And I think for me, it changes my life. It changes how I, mm -hmm. I relate to people, how I do my job. Um, it changes everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, you mentioned before this came up in maybe unexpected ways. You saw where stress was happening in your life. And then when you did that root cause analysis, realized this was a core factor. I'm wondering if you can offer up some other ways this might be manifesting that people don't expect. You know, when I think about in osteopathic medicine, mind, body, spirit, and that connection. 
So when we do, right, where's the stress showing up, maybe you're having some physical symptoms, right, of being stressed about money. Do you find that comes up for your clients or maybe your patients? I'm sure this might even lend itself sometimes to a conversation in that clinical space. Right, right. And and that's so true because, um, you know, stress can have a lot of physical symptoms and physical kind of manifestation. We come in, we have back pain, we have headaches, um, you know, we have body aches. It's, we're just not feeling ourselves. I know for me, the way it manifested a lot was with my kids. I was cranky mm-hmm. with my kids and um, just like they were getting on my nerves out with little things and they were just being kids. But that's because I was stressed and I mm-hmm. didn't really, um, I was blaming them for that. I would blame other people, patients. It's like, okay, I'll be impatient with my patients. I'm like, <laughs> so, um, so stress can manifest in different ways that it starts to interfere with our personal relationship, with interpersonal relationship. Um, and obviously it can lead to burnout when, mm-hmm. um, if you cannot take care of yourself, whether it's physical, whether it's your financial well-being, um, it's hard to show up for other people. It's mm-hmm. like you, you're not, you, you can only put out what you have inside you. And if everything you have is stress, it's going to manifest that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one of that ways is how you relate to your patients, um, how you see your job. Um, again, the health system is, it's hard, especially if you're <laughs> employed. There's no two way about it. Um, and we can talk all about changing it. It's going to change anytime soon. So the mm-hmm. change starts with us starts with the female physician. It starts with controlling what, again, what can I control? And a part of it is your mindset, your habits, um, your values. Um, and then with time, you know, that can trickle to everything else around you. Yeah, I think that's so useful for those listening to sometimes notice when we are being so judgmental of ourselves, right? I'm not being a good mom here. I'm not being a good spouse. And then to say, well, wait a minute what are my reserves? You know, what might be undermining this and how can I solve that? And then see that the natural impact is that it becomes easier, right. To engage in those relationships. And we have taken away that root cause. That's so helpful to bring that forward. So people are interested in working with you. Where can they find you and learn more about your coaching and programming? Yes. So right now uh, they can find me at my Facebook um, account. Uh, Chinedu Tracy Onyenekwe, they can DM me. Um, I'm in the process of kind of finalizing all my business, so I'll be having a website and all that nice things pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, the best way to um, to find me is uh, through my Facebook. Excellent. We'll put all of that information in the show notes as well. And I think even that is a great example, as you don't have to have every single piece in place to be started, to be doing good work, to be having an impact and thinking about that with our finances. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to get it all right. You can do something and be making big change. I think that's such a great living example. Absolutely. And we've heard lots of different ways with your patients in your family, with your clients looking at finances, but how would you say you see yourself for the health of all things? Um, 
So in terms of how I see myself, um, you know, I want to, I want to have an impact on that physician women, that woman that's maybe married, maybe not, has kids and just feeling overwhelmed, feeling confused, feeling um, like this is not for me. I most people say this is a man's job. No, it can be both of yours job, right? It can be um, both the man and the woman. Um, so being an inspiration that it's possible, it's not scary. Um, and if it's scary, there's a reason. And we can find out together why that and squash that fear so that you can move up, so that you can elevate yourself, so that you can do much more than you ever thought. Like mm -hmm. I said, the, the possible is endless. So um, um, it's been a journey for me. It continues to be a journey for me. Um, so I'm excited at this new stage to help people and to continue to help myself because um, we all learn from each other. Um, yeah. I love that. And I think it's so helpful to know the coach, like you said, isn't going to do it for you. Isn't going to tell you what to do. but can absolutely believe in that possibility with and for you. That's so amazing. And that you get to benefit from it yourself, right? The work continues for you as coaches. Sometimes we think we have to have it all figured out and all in place, but it's a process, right? It's a continuous progress. And I love that you're bringing that forward. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and to share your story and for the work that you're doing. We look forward to seeing this grow and happy to update as you get all those pieces in place, share them with our audience. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode of This Osteopathic Life, Conversations for the Health of All Things. Please take a moment to like, rate, and review the podcast. And if you would like to be featured as a guest or know someone you'd like to nominate as a guest for an episode, please let me know at thisosteopathiclife at gmail.com. Visit the website at thisosteopathiclife.com or visit me on Instagram and Facebook at This Osteopathic Life. Thank you so much for listening.